on, say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you indeed for this day that you have made, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. And Father, as we gather here this morning to hear from the Spirit of God, I thank you for using me as a vessel unto honor that is fit already for the Master's use. And I pray, Father, that the Word will go down deep inside of us. It will affect us. It will infect us. It will change us. And most of all, Father, it will cause our lives to change so much that it will cause us to be a witness for you. And so as I decrease now, I thank you for the anointing of God that's already present in this place to saturate every heart and every mind in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen, amen and Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week we talked about living under an open heaven. Everybody say living under an open heaven. And our focus was to learn how the heavens can open up so that we can have financial liberty. And so this week I still want to stay in the vein and that's why I'm on the floor. I'm on the floor so I can kind of be in your face. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's coming down your street in just a minute. And so this week, I want to share with you, and this is a long topic, but it is on how to get out of a financial hole. How to get out of a financial hole. And if you're not in a financial hole, or if you've never been in one, uh, here's a subtopic for this morning, and it is managing your money God's way. And although you may not be in a financial hole or deficit, the principles that I'm going, to, I'm going to share with you this morning, I know will help you in your future management of your finances. Can somebody say amen? amen? So I want you to find three verses of Scripture. I want you to find Exodus chapter 20, and I'm going to start in verse 1. I want you to find Luke chapter 16, verses 10, and then I want you to find Mark chapter 10 verse 17 i'll say those again first i want you to find exodus chapter 20 we're going to look in verse 1 luke chapter 16 verse 10 and then mark chapter 10 verses 17 and i'm going to jump right into my lesson and here's the first point of today's lesson and here's it is the first step to getting out of a, of a financial hole is to stop digging I'm going to say that one again. The first step in getting out of a financial hole is to stop digging. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
Get the shovel out of your hand. Now look at your other neighbor and say, the shovel is the credit card you have. That's step number one. What was step number one? Stop digging. Here's step number two. You must change your financial God. I'm going to say that one again because I'm going to dig deep in this one. The second step in getting out of a financial hole is you must change your financial God. And I'm going to show you this morning that many of you in this room may not know that the God that you praise and worship is probably not the same God that's over your money. Now, in Exodus chapter 20, if you're there, say I'm there. I'm going to start in verse 1 because I want to show you something here. It says here, and, and let me give you the context of what I'm saying. Remember now, the children of Israel, Moses went up to the mountain, and he went up there to get some commandments from God. And so what we're about to read is a portion of what those commandments were. So, he says in verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, this one is so strong, he goes on to elaborate what that means. He says, You shall not make unto you any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. God wanted to make sure that there was nothing before him. But then he goes on to say, you shall not bow down thyself to them, to them, those other gods. Watch this now. And I want you to circle the next two words nor serve them. Someone say amen to that. He says, and here's why. He says, because I am a jealous God and I visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But I wanted you to see here is, is that he connected him being the only God and one of the things he said don't do is to serve other gods. Now quickly go over to Luke chapter 16. Go to Luke chapter 16. Because I know many of you are sitting here saying, I don't really have another God. God is the God of my money. Well, I'm going to show a lot of you that God may not be the God of your money. In fact, I want you to write down this take-home statement. And, and that just means write the letters T-H-S. Take-home statement. And here it is. Whoever I honor first with my money is my financial God. I'm going to say that again. Whoever I honor first, everybody say first. Whoever I honor first with my money is my financial God. Let me say it a different way. Or whoever is first is who I trust. Now in Luke chapter 16, I'm starting in verse 10. If you're there, say I'm there. It says, and this is Jesus talking. He says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in what? In much. So if you can't be faithful over minimum wage, you can forget about the hundred thousand. <laughs> Verse 11. If therefore you have not been faithful, dedicated in that, in, in the unrighteous 
mammon. Now circle the word mammon because that's important. He said, if you can't be faithful over the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? Now notice there are different types. He says, unrighteous mammon. Now if there's unrighteous mammon, there must be some righteous mammon. Now look at the next verse. He says, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Watch verse 13. This is very good. Know what? Now what, what word did I ask you to circle over there at Exodus? It was the word serve in there. He says, I don't want you to serve them. Notice now he has changed and he says, no servant can serve how, what? Two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other one. I'm going to add this. He will be faithful and pay the one and unfaithful and not pay the other. And then he says this famous verse, which I'm going to break down for us. Read it with me. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now circle that word mammon. Now notice... He used mammon more than one time in that verse. Now, here's what that word mammon means. It means riches or wealth. That's what it means. So what Jesus said is that you cannot serve, watch this, God and riches and wealth at the same time. Because, watch this, one of them is going to be your God. In other words, the devil is not God's biggest enemy. Wealth and riches are. I mean, he could have said, he could have said easily, you cannot serve God and the devil. He could have said that, but he didn't. You know why he didn't? Because the devil has already been defeated. Jesus said, it is finished. He says, all power has been given unto me. But see, what happens, we go and work for some power, and I'll show you in Deuteronomy chapter 8 what that power is. We go and work for it, and then after that, it becomes, it, it comes in our hands. And if we're not careful, we won't manage what we receive God's way. So here's the question that I have for you. How do you know if you're serving God or mammon? And here's the answer. The one that you obey. Now, you say, well, well, make that more clearer. The one who you pay first. Now, we know it's clear. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all of your increase. Then he gives a promise. But I just want to focus on that principle piece right there. So if God does not get 10% of the first part of what I make, He's not God over my finances. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he ain't talking to me. Now look at him again and say, but he might be talking to you though. <laughs> now, now let me show you something. Go to Mark chapter 10 quickly. Go to Mark 10. Go to Mark 10. Go to Mark chapter 10. This is the famous story about the rich young ruler, but I'm going to show you why he flunked the test. 
Many people think he flunked the test because he didn't give what Jesus asked him to give or he didn't go and do what Jesus asked him to do. But that wasn't why he flunked the test. Let's look in now Mark chapter 10 and I'm going to start in verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him. I mean, this guy was putting on a show, wasn't he? He came running and kneeled to Jesus and asked him, he said, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Which says to me, he did not know what he needed to do to get it. Because if he did, he wouldn't have asked. So now Jesus is about to answer his question. He says now in the next verse, Jesus said, why call thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. Watch verse, verse what, watch what Jesus is about to do in verse 19. He says, you know the commandments. He says, do not commit what? Adultery. Do not what? Kill. Do not what? Steal. Do not what? Bear false witness. Defraud not. And then he goes on to say, honor your what? Your father and your mother. Now watch this guy's response. He says, Master, all these have I observed from when I was a youth. But see, Jesus knew he was missing something. So then he says in verse 21, Then Jesus beholding him, he loved him, and he said unto him, One thing, everybody say one thing. One thing. Now, remember, he's the one that ran up to Jesus to ask him the question. Jesus didn't volunteer this information. He asked Jesus, what shall I do to inherit the entire life? So Jesus said, you know what? It's just one thing. Look at your neighbor and say, it's just one thing. He says, one thing that you lack. Go your way. Sell whatever you have. Give it to the poor. And you will have treasure where? In heaven. And then come, take up the cross. And what? Follow me. Verse 22. And he was what? Oh, he was sad at that saying. And he went away what? Grieved or sad. For he had great what? Man, I know some people who walk away sad and walk away grieving. They don't even have no possessions. I mean, some of the most proudest people you'll meet are poor people. You think that him not doing what Jesus said is why he flunked. That's not why he flunked. You know why he flunked? He flunked because he was breaking the first commandment that we read in Exodus. That you should not have any God before me. And it was obvious that his money was his God or he would have did what Jesus said. And every day, God gives us an opportunity to prove who's God of our money. Now, here's what's interesting. Uh, write down Psalm 23, verse 1. I tell you what, let me give you some New Testament references real quick before I read that. In Matthew 6, 24, because remember now, the first point was, or the second point is you must change financial gods. Now, in the New Testament, it's very clear. It says in Matthew 6, to seek first the what? Kingdom of God. Seek when? 
first. So God is saying my kingdom and how I run it must be what? Okay, so it's got to be first then in our money. See, most people say, well, I want to see the word tithe in the New Testament. You don't have to because the kingdom's first. And if the kingdom's first and you are a kingdom citizen, not just your life, because most of us, we live saved, but we don't give saved. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, let me see your wallet. I can expect and you can expect to be blessed when God is first. Psalm 23, 1, David made it very clear. He says, watch this. The Lord is my shepherd. He's my Lord. He's first. And because of that, I shall not want. I love the message translation. It says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. In Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 2, just listen to it. It says, Thou shalt not take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring into the land that the Lord your God has given you. But you shall put it in a basket, and you take it to the place which the Lord God has chosen to put his name there. You don't ever want to hold on to what belongs to God. Amen. Go to Ezekiel. I know that's hard to find, but go to Ezekiel chapter 44. Go to Ezekiel. Everybody say Ezekiel. Now, if you don't know what it is, just do like I'm doing. Just go right to your index. And it's on page 903, just like it was last week when I used it. When God is first in our money... All of our needs should be met. Now, this is a three-lesson teaching, so I'm not going to get it all in today, and I know that, because I'm going to show you why you can still be tithing and and, and things still be tight. Amen. Ezekiel 44, look in verse 30, if you would. It says, and the first, everybody say the first. And the what? The first of how much? All. There we go. Stop struggling between net and gross. It's only a couple of dollars anyway. He said, and the first of how? All the what? First fruits of how much? Oh, boy, he made it real clear, didn't he? Of all things. And every oblation of what? All. And of every sort of your oblations. Watch this. Shall be the priest. You shall also give it to the priest, uh, the first of your dough. That watch this. That he, the priest, may cause the blessing. And I'm going to say that. That God may cause the blessing to rest in your house. And some people wonder why their house is not blessed. Maybe it's because your financial God is not Jehovah Jireh. Amen. So, the first thing to to get out of a financial hole was what? Stop digging. Number two, you have to change what? 
financial gods. In other words, you got to now start doing it God's way. And, and, and right now, Psalm 3410, I'm just going to give this one to you as well. It says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. The Bible says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. I'd rather, listen, I'd rather be short with my bills and on time with God so he can come through for me than to pay my bills and watch this, and and still be short. Amen. So here's number three. This relates to where we are this week. Is it number three? Here's number three. This is how you get out of a financial hole. It's to begin to be thankful for what you have. Now, I know we're coming up on the Thanksgiving holiday and it's all good. Go to Mark chapter 8 if you would. Go to Mark chapter 8. I hope I have enough time to finish this. Landon just squandered some of my time. I'm going to have to have him to do his trial sermon at home. And then be ready when he comes up here. Here's number, here's number three. You have to begin to be thankful for what you have. And I'm going to show you something about being thankful that you probably didn't know. Watch this. In Mark chapter 8, I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and he said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude. Because they have been with me three days and they have not eaten. Man, I brought up fasting to my staff this week and you'd have thought I cussed them out. Watch this. He says in verse 3, If I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way. For divers of them have came from far. Look at verse 4. And his disciples answered him, He says, from whence can a man satisfy all these people with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, he says, well, how much bread do you have? And they said, well, we have seven loaves. Now, let me ask you a question, because when you read it, it was 4,000 people. So here's my question. Can seven loaves of bread feed 4,000 people? Look at your neighbor and say, not at all. So we're already looking at a shortage. Now, here's my point. How do I get out of a financial hole? One of the principles is you have to begin to be thankful for what you have because I'm about to show you when you become thankful, God now can multiply what you do have. Look now in verse, where did I stop? Verse 5. Okay, let me find my page. Okay, verse 8, look at verse, uh, verse 5. And he said unto them, how many, how many do you have? They said seven. So he commanded the people. You'd have thought he'd sent them home. He said, sit down on the ground. Watch this now. Here's the process. He took the seven loaves of bread. He took the paycheck that he made. And he what? He gave thanks. And many of us, we flunked the test when we get the check. Because we are disgruntled with what we have instead of just thanking God for what we have. And see, the way God looks at it is this way. If they're not going to be thankful for the little, they're not going to be thankful for more. So I'm going to keep them right there where they are until they learn how to thank me for where they are. 
Watch this. This is going to be powerful right here. This is good right here. Being thankful is a prophetic gesture that more is coming. I'm going to say that again and I'm going to explain it to you. When you are thankful, it's a prophetic gesture that more is coming. In other words, when you begin to be thankful, what you're saying prophetically is that I believe God's going to bring some more into my life. I can prove it to you because, see, what, what do you do when people give you something? What's the first thing you say? You say thank you. So, therefore, giving thanks in advance is your faith putting your future supply on order. Oh, y'all didn't get that. When you are giving thanks, even if it's not enough, what you're doing is saying for your future, God, I'm thanking you for what I have, and thank, and now my thankfulness is going to put in order on my future needs. And many of us have opportunities to prophetically give God thanks, and we don't. You know what we do? We do what the children of Israel did, and they complained. Now, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, just write it down. It says, continue in prayer, watch this, and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Listen to that verse. He says, continue in prayer, and then he says, and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Why would he ask us to watch when we're we're giving thanks? Because we are prophetically saying, I want to see what God's going to do. And man, I tell you what, I dare you to be in a negative spot. I dare you to have a hole so deep that only God can get you out and start thanking him. Because see, the Bible says, and you can just write down this verse. This is in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, in everything give thanks. It didn't say for everything, but it says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Watch this. With thanksgiving let your requests be made unknown unto god and then god's peace which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds one of the ways to get out of a financial hole is to start thanking him for what you got and then you'll move from thanking him for what you have to begin to see in the spirit for thanking him for what he's gonna do Man, you'll move from God, I thank you for this check. And even though it's not enough to pay my electricity bill, you are Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. I thank you. You said in your word you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. And so I thank you now that even though I don't physically have the money to pay it, I know that prophetically it's on the way. And I thank you now for sending the person, giving me the favor, or opening up an opportunity for things to be done in my life. Hallelujah. What number am I on? Number four. Here's number four. The fourth thing you must do to get out of a financial hole, and this one is deep and I'm not going to have time, but here it is, is to change the way you think. Number four, to get out of a financial hole 
or to just manage your money correctly is to change the way you think. Why? Because your thinking controls your actions and your actions control your blessings. Now go to Romans chapter 12. You know what it says, but I want to go there anyway. Go to Romans chapter 12. Go to Romans chapter 12. Let me show you. You got to get a hold of your mind. You got to get a hold of your mind. You got to change the way you think. Most of us, we think in the, we think in the red. We think in the negative. We think, we think the worst before we think the best. You know, the, the reason why you think somebody's always doing something wrong, because the Bible says that to the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled, all things are defiled. Maybe it's because you're thinking they do that because you do it. I mean, the Bible says love hopes all things. It believes all things. So why is it that we believe the worst before we can believe the best? Watch this now. He says in verse 2 of Romans chapter 12, Be not conformed to this world. Now remember, our world has printed on the money. In God we trust. Let me say this to you. If you didn't know it, that's a lie. Because most Christians who have some of that money that has in God we trust in their pocket, the God that they trust is the money that's in their pocket. Watch this. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed by how you think. And when you do that, you'll be able to prove what's good and what's acceptable. And you'll be able to know the perfect will of God. Listen, you'll have a mindset that seed is never for the soil, but it's always for the sower. When you put seed in the ground, when you give to God, listen, listen, seed is never for the soil. It may go into the soil, but it's never for the soil. It's always for the sower. There's my clock. Okay. Go to Deuteronomy 8.18 and I'll close right here even though I don't want to. Are y'all getting something this morning? I hope you're getting something. Because see, let me tell you, there, there are some things, that, there can be some giftings on a person's life that you, if you're not careful, you won't access the favor of that gifting. Do you know Laban said to Jacob, he says, you know, I need you to stay working for me. He said, because I've learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me because of you. How many here would love to not struggle financially at all? Raise your hand. Okay, put your hand down. I ain't. So that means the anointing and all that's on my life, you have access to. How many would be able to be able to give when God tells you to? And even though it may cause you to just question God sometimes, you still want to be able to obey him and not have to strain yourself or stress yourself to do it. Amen. Well, let's see what happens in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Are you there? I'm not. Let me get there. Deuteronomy 8, look in verse 18. Here's my point in this point right here. Because I'm, I'm talking about you have to change the way you think. Because worldly thinking says money is my source. But kingdom thinking says God is my source. 
and money is my resource. In Deuteronomy 8.18, he makes it very clear. He says, but remember, that means you can forget. You know, you can go to work every day and forget that God is really the, the person that supplies you with the strength to even go to work. He said, don't forget the Lord your God, because it is he that gives you the what? Remember I said that power earlier? That's the power I'm talking about. The power to get wealth. God's given that to us. But we have to determine who we're going to give the power to. See, when you give the first of your income to God, you now give him the power to bless the rest. But when you give your first percent to Visa and MasterCard, all you do is, is, is get a statement. I ain't never seen no letter saying we want to bless you, Mr. Connor. In a good measure, press down, shaking together, running away. In fact, you ain't got to pay your bill. In fact, we going to cancel your bill this, this whole... No, they ain't never said that. But whoever you give the first two is, is who you give the power... Say this with me. Whoever I give the first two is the person I give the power to. Can you say amen to that? And if you're going to succeed financially God's way, you will have to become seed-minded instead of need-minded. Because one of the parables that Jesus gave, he said the kingdom of God is like a seed. Well, what's the purpose of a seed? To go into the ground and to grow. Can you say amen to that? Write down Proverbs eleven twenty four. It says, there is that scattered. One of our members gave me this one this week. There is that scatters and yet it increases. And there is one who withholds more than, they, than me, but it tends to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. I love another translation. This is what it says. One man gives freely yet gains even more. Another one withholds unduly, but it comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I'm going to close with this right here. Y'all know the story, but I'm going to say it anyway. I remember this was uh, probably two or two years into us. Uh, building Word of Truth Family Church, and I was working hard, just like they worked me this week. They worked me like a Hebrew slave this week, I promise you. But, I mean, I was working hard. I mean, we had a lot of going on, touching a lot of people. I used to average about 8,000 minutes a month on my cell phone. And I was working hard, and I started getting weary. You know, the Bible said, be not weary and well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you don't stop. Because I'm going to have to stop. It says you will reap if you don't faint. Can I just tell you a story anyway, y'all? Okay. Because Landon took some of my time. It ain't my fault. <laughs> but I, I started getting weary. And uh, one of the members sent me a, a greeting card. See, you never know. A, a card a card don't always have to have money in it. They were just thinking about me. They sent me a card. And the card had this verse on there. He who refreshes others shall himself be refreshed. And I know how faith works. Faith comes by hearing, but it's released by what you say. 
So I begin to confess that. Father, I thank you that I'm refreshing others. So I thank you for bringing people into my life to refresh me in Jesus' name. I didn't let nobody know what was going on. But I was getting weary. But I knew that if I fainted, the due season that might have been around the corner would be canceled. So I kept confessing that verse. And, and uh, that's when one, one uh, on, my, on my most weary day. I mean, I had to fire somebody, so I was really weary. That's when a, a member called and said, I want to drop uh, my tithe off by the house. And I was like, you don't have to do that because they were going out of town. I was like, you faithful, you can do it when you come back. No, I ain't leaving with the Lord's money. I'm dropping this off. But I got to drop. And so they convinced me to drop it off. And I was about as sad as it can be. I was sad at that saying. I mean, I was sad. So they get to the house. They drop off their tithes. But they dropped off a greeting card, actually two of them. And when I got the greeting card, I sat it down on the counter, and I went back to my room. And uh, I don't know if I was watching Martin, but I needed something to cheer me up. <laughs> and when I got back in the room, the Lord said, go back in there and read that card. You need that card. So I go back there, and I open the card up, and I read it. And I mean, it's a good card. I wanted to cry. And then it had a check in there. And the check was for $10,000. How many know I started feeling better right away? I mean, like right away. I mean, it like went away quick. It said, put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Heaviness was gone. But the principle is you have to be seed-minded. You can't stop giving because you don't see it because seed takes time. So I'm going to stop right here because I know I got, you know. Did y'all get something though? Amen. Give the Lord a hand if you would. Bow your heads quickly if you would. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ.